902 Brewing Company is the official beer of the Wager Pager podcast. Our friends over at 902 are putting out some of the best local craft beer in the Garden State. Log on to 902brewing.com to check out some of our favorite beers, like Juicy City IPA and Path Pale Ale. Or come grab a growler at the 902 Brewing Company tap room opening soon on Pacific Avenue in Jersey City, New Jersey. Are you tired of losing at sports betting? Start winning with Kingpin.pro. With Kingpin.pro, you can follow proven sports bettors and handicappers. Each user is required to put in their picks prior to each game. Kingpin scores and ranks users for total winnings, not units, as well as win percentage. This gives you, the sports better, the ability to follow not just winning cappers, but more importantly, consistent winning cappers. You can easily get instant notifications of picks by downloading the Kingpin.pro iOS or Google Play app. Download the app and register with promo code WAGER. That's promo code WAGER, and you'll get a 10% discount off your purchase. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast with Chris Rogers and Brock Landers. What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Wager Pager Pod, where we talk sports gambling, make picks, and conduct must-hear interviews with some of the sharpest minds in the industry. I'm your host, Chris Rogers. You can follow me on Twitter, at WagerPagerChris, and please follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter, at the Wager Pager. This is Season 2, Episode 20, recording live from Van Voorst Film Studio here in Hoboken, New Jersey, on the banks of the Hudson River. That's right. We're coming to you from the mecca of sports gambling, our home state of New Jersey that won the Supreme Court battle and made the regulation of sports betting all possible. We have another special episode for you guys this week. It's NFL Conference Championship Weekend, and we are joined by the notorious gambling Twitter DGen, Joey Kanish, to break down the betting slate. But first, joining me. My co-host, one of the sharpest gamblers I know, my guy with 15 New Jersey betting outs and someone who's holding Tennessee Titans futures tickets, here he is, the Jim Jackson of gambling Twitter, Brock Landers. Chris, Jim Jackson, really nice reference there from the mid-90s. Uh, a real what could have been in Dallas, didn't last long, the three J's, uh, Jason Kidd, Jamal Mashburn, and Jim Jackson, as you mentioned. For those who don't know the story, somehow Tony Braxton was involved with uh, mm. Jason Kidd and right. uh, Jim Jackson, a little triangle there, and Don Nelson came in and uh, got rid of all those guys. But yeah, Jim Jackson, uh, NBA Jam, I think uh, he oh, was yeah. part of one of those uh, Mavericks teams in NBA Jam, and a uh, hell of a shooter, had a pretty long NBA career, and I think he does what, college basketball uh analysis now like, yeah for uh, the big 10 network yeah he's pretty good too i forgot about all that tony Bra- uh tony braxton yeah, drama there a lot of yeah, drama. jimmy jackson drafted by the mavs with the fourth overall pick in the 1992 nba draft after his junior season at ohio state and uh during the 94 95 season he averaged 25.7 points and five rebounds finishing fifth in the nba in scoring one of my favorite players from the 90s as well. I think I had his rookie card. I'd love to dig that up and uh, see what it's worth. <laughs> yeah. Jim Jackson, though, uh, 
He, he, you see him on these broadcasts too. He, he looks great, man. He still looks like he hasn't aged. He's one of those dudes that just looks like he hasn't aged. And who knows? He could probably still play in today's NBA, just chucking up threes uh, like everybody else. But yeah, man, he looks good. Black don't crack. <laughs> um, so, as we mentioned at the top of the show here, Mr. Brock Landers holding some futures tickets on the Tennessee Titans. I know you put out a little feeler there on Twitter, got some mixed reviews. Uh, kind of want to go through your options and maybe what you're thinking here? Yeah, absolutely. So the the first thing, just to give everybody the background story who may be listening to this for the first time or whatever, uh, we, we do a show every week here on the Wager Pager and we break down NFL games at the, uh, the end of the interview usually. And uh, yeah, we had a, a show in the beginning of December and uh, before we got into the picks, I said, I'm going to give you a team. I put a little money on some futures, yep, yep, Tennessee yep. Titans, 40 and 50 to one or whatever it was. And, uh, yeah, here we are with uh, one game away from the Super Bowl. So it got me thinking. I hope know, some of the listeners tailed you on that. Uh, let's, let's hope somebody may be out there. I was too stupid, too. <laughs> let's, let's see if anybody did. But, um, yeah, so now you're getting to the point where, you know, you have a future and you start to think, like, you know, what should I do? There's a lot of value on the line here. I mean, you know, this isn't anything life-changing or anything like that, but it's still a pretty good chunk of change for, you know, throwing some dollars down, uh, you know, on a team uh, right before the season ended there, the beginning of December. Um, so, yeah, I put out a tweet. I, I said it very simply. Uh, you're a sports better with a 25-1 to 1 Titans AFC champion future and a 50-1 to 1 Titans Super Bowl champion future. What do you do? So, Chris, a uh, lot of replies to this, and I was not expecting to get this many answers. I mean, some of these people follow me. Some of these people don't follow me. They just wanted to chime in and not follow me. So <laughs> I guess it, it showed up on a lot of people's feeds, but we'll go through these uh, right now. Ultimately, I have not made a decision yet. It just seems like there's really no point for me to, to really jump on any Chiefs-type stuff. I mean... Maybe you take a Chiefs future to like win a Super Bowl over Green Bay, and that might be a little bit of a price or something like that. But I mean, I've been exploring the options. I think I might just ride it out uh, and just go from there, or maybe try to in-game try to catch something. Maybe if they go down early, I can you know get off a little bit on that. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll take it and uh, see see what happens here. But so here's some of the responses. I'll try to read these uh, as quickly as I can here. I know we have a great interview coming up with uh, Joey Kanish. Looking forward to that. Um, so, yeah, my buddy Cop, who uh, he lives out in Tennessee, actually, and uh, he said, you ride the Titans. Get them home. Good luck. So that was Cop's response. A uh, guy named Vegas Corey, he chimed in. He said, lots of big, ugly trends going against KC this weekend. Titans are hotter than a two-day tire fire. Ride the lightning. <laughs> then uh, Nick C., who's a big fan of the show, he's at Broadway 6. Loyal listener. Yeah, he listens to us. He put pound the Titans money line, and he put a, a smiley face after that. Uh, Thomas Ducati at Big Man 90 on Twitter. He put, I would hold. And Thomas, he's always uh, responded to me. I think he's down in Florida and he's a, he's a gambler, older guy. Uh, Drew at Drew Drewski. He said prop swap because they are going to get railroaded in Arrowhead. <laughs> so there's a confidence Chiefs guy right there. Uh, then another guy, T.S. Sparks. Uh, 615. He's also from Tennessee. I believe he's friends with Cop. He said, ride it out, baby. 
So he's a confident Titans fan. Uh, then uh, a great reply here from Ed Teach, at Ed Teach 23 And Chris, I don't know if I remember this uh, on one of the previous shows, but Ed Teach is actually the guy that has all the Lamar Jackson MVP futures. Oh, okay. Yeah, which we're hoping we could get him on the show at some point. Looking pretty good there. And uh, he chimed in and he put, as someone with 50 to 1 and 100 to 1, I am just hoping for the best. Go Titans. Uh, better's gonna bet at better's gonna bet put sell 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 uh, <laughs> Pearson Broadwater he also I believe listens to the show he said hedge some keep 75% uh, we got another reply here from Mick the quick fan at JM River 17 he put let her ride Titans over Chiefs Niners over Packers Titans over Niners okay a pretty confident guy there uh, let's see, a guy named James, James AG1. If you have the cash, hedge out. If not, sell on PropSwap. Then someone uh, started a huge uh, back-and-forth dialogue uh, after that response. Uh, the guy's name is Dat Dude at he hate me 2 underscore 0. He hate me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they these guys kind of went back and forth saying that, uh, you know, short of being life-changing money, which brings in an extra set of factors, hedging off is almost always negative EV, mm. especially if you are a continued futures market player. If you're not interested in seeing it through, you shouldn't book the play. And then this guy went back, please explain. And then this guy did a nice uh, job, that dude, of uh, kind of breaking down minus 370 and how much you'd have to return and negative EV. So that was interesting to see those guys go back and forth. Uh, but a lot of responses here, Chris. I'll try to finish these up. I kind of like that one, though. I would kind of, I, I would lean towards, uh, you know, riding it out. This yeah. other guy kind of says the same thing, BAUS Sports. He says hedging any plus EV bet will always, always, always be the wrong play. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wage Room at Room Wage said Chiefs to win Super Bowl future. That was his response. I thought that was clever. I kind of looked into that a little bit myself. Um, but again, just for them to win straight up, it's it's not much. It's like plus 140, I want to say right now, in some of these books that I saw. Um, then R. Clutch wrote, uh, The way I see it, the Super Bowl issue is not an issue yet. You still have time to think that through. The 25-1 to 1 AFC champion, that's another story. I would hedge it. At 25-1, to 1, you probably have to, just my opinion. Uh, Sal Duke at Eagle 7 underscore 717 said, Sell the 25-1, to 1, hold the 50-1. to 1. Uh, Dean Monroe at Tim Monroe <laughs> just said, Win. Yeah, I'll, that's my buddy, actually. I'll have to ask him to uh, expand on that. Okay. <laughs> um, Wager Home. Shout out to Dean Monroe. <laughs> Wagerhome.com at Wagerhome. They said, Let it ride with a wonderful uh, John Belushi gif that says, Let's do it, which I believe is from Animal House. <laughs> uh, then we have another reply from Quarter Pounder with Tease. Uh, this was an interesting one, Chris. Great name. Uh, he put futures on the teams remaining. So I guess his idea is get a KC future, get a Packers future, get a Niners future. Uh, I looked into that as well. Haven't, again, made any decision here. Uh, Paul Jane and Mary's 420 Fades just sent me a gif of a guy uh, hedging his... Uh, <laughs> His bush is here with a lawnmower, yeah. so I guess he wants me to hedge. Interesting uh, tool choice. Yeah, it's a pretty good, actually, gif. <laughs> uh, Parlay Padge, he said, sell the AFC Championship, hold on to the Super Bowl. Chris Leanne said, uh, hedge Chiefs win, 
I don't know what Henry, whatever that means. Uh, Bow Sports, yeah, you put hedging. Any EV bet will always, always, always be the wrong yeah, play. that's the guy. I like that. Yeah, so a lot of really good responses there. I Again, I didn't think uh, we'd get that many responses to that question, but I figured it was just a good way to kind of throw out what some of the listeners had to say. And, uh, yeah, ultimately, I guess I got a couple more days to really think about this. And uh, I'm starting to see the line go a little bit down to seven now. A lot of seven and a half starting to disappear. Um, so again, you could always add to it, I guess. But uh, I don't. I don't think there's a real good actual scenario to take here. I think I might just end up riding it out. But we'll see. I'll, I'll make sure I, I let everybody know what we end up doing here. Right on. Right on. Um Interesting uh, little idea I came up with last weekend. Not as many games on the board. I'm kind of searching my uh, brain here for ways to create more content here as the uh, football games dwindle down. What do you think about throwing some money down on on your alma mater, Seton Hall, and my soon-to-be alma mater, Rutgers, to uh, maybe win it all or or maybe get to the Final Four? It could be fun to have those tickets in pocket and kind of ride that out for the next couple months. What do you think? Yeah, I'd be interested in doing something like that. Uh, my, my buddy was out in Vegas right before Christmas, and I jokingly said, put some money on Seton Hall for me. Um, but it was never anything that materialized. But, you know, obviously for those who aren't aware uh, of the, the rules here in New Jersey, we cannot bet on uh, college uh, New Jersey teams. So can't go to uh, the FanDuel on the way home and get any of these tickets tonight. But uh, I'm sure we have some resources where we can get some of these tickets somewhere. And uh, who knows, might have to go out to another state, make a road trip or something like that. Yeah, dude, maybe hit up a local or uh, who knows, first ever wager pager road trip, head down <laughs> to Philly. I know you just hit up a couple of those books recently. I would love to go check it out. Could be fun, man. Maybe in the off week, uh, next yeah. week before Super Bowl. Absolutely. I know we're probably going to go check out that uh, the, the Capricorn conference going on with uh, friends of the pod, Adam Chernoff, and this week's guest, Joey Kanish, uh, monitoring the panels out there. Yeah, it'd be cool. Maybe maybe that day or something. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a good networking event to go to. It's going to be down in uh, Newark. Uh, so encourage everybody to come out to that. Uh, it's free of charge as of today. I saw they just changed all that. So come on down and listen to some of these guys uh, talk. And it would be nice to, uh, you know, finally meet some of these guys in person and uh, kind of, you know, match the face to the name and all that. That's always fun. And uh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some uh, some good opportunities to network for us. Definitely looking forward to that. Uh, one more thing before we get into the interview here. I'm really pumped up about this, Brock. I don't know if uh, you're as excited as, as I am, but I'm a huge XFL guy coming <laughs> coming up here. The uh, second uh, rendition of the XFL. 2.0. 2.0. Uh, a couple weeks from now, the, the first week kicks off the week after the Super Bowl. We're hoping to get on a, a guy I know who does social media over at the XFL um, to do a little XFL preview. Oh, cool. Uh, should be fun. I, I was putting out on Twitter the other day, I think I'm going to be a Seattle Dragons guy. Nice. Just because they're like the worst team in the league, and I kind of like their gear. But then I'm looking over the the rosters today, getting excited about it. The, the New York uh, home team, the gear is pretty nice, and I guess they're one of the favorites. So, you know, maybe we have to cheer for the home team. We could have some chances to go watch some games over there at MetLife. And also the D.C. Defenders have a couple quarterbacks that I'm big fans of. I uh, won some futures money on Ohio State way back when on Cardell Jones. Okay. And uh, I did like watching uh, Tyree Jackson from Buffalo last season in college football. They have both those quarterbacks on the D.C. Defenders. So now I don't know. I'm either going, I'm going to be a Guardians guy, a Defenders <laughs> guy, a Dragons guy. 
Um, have you given it any thought to a, a team you might back or support this season in the XFL? You know what, Chris? I really haven't gotten that far to it. Um, I, I do have plenty of XFL memories as a kid, that's for sure. Um, I was a big wrestling fan growing up. And uh, when the XFL came out, it was like a, a thing. I was like, hey, I like sports too. I'm going to give this a shot and watch it. And I remember they had trading cards. I had the trading cards. Oh, yeah. And I remember I made uh, my dad go get tickets for one of the Hitmen game. So I, I've been to an actual XFL game. I think I still have a ticket stub somewhere. Really? Yeah. I think they played like Birmingham or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Smaller I, uh, cities back then. Yeah. And I remember the games, you know, being on TV and... Uh, yeah, you know, not that memorable, I guess, but yeah. kind of interesting going back to uh, childhood stuff and seeing it now, you know, almost 20 years later. And uh, I think it'll be better this time around. I think maybe they could use it. They'll get some uh, viewership this time. Uh, people really intrigued about it because, you know, the NFL's gotten a lot of, you know, people that are always complaining about the calls and, you know, all the integrity definitely. of the game and stuff. And uh, I'm sure we'll definitely give it a dabble, especially if you can gamble on it. I'm sure we'll be all in on it. So <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'm excited. I think they're going to be embracing the whole gambling aspect. So uh, I don't think the New Jersey Gaming uh, Enforcement has really decided whether they're going to offer games yet. But I remember they did offer AF, AAF last You're right, spring. Right. So I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, like you said, very uh, memorable memories from back in 2001 with the Go-Go Girls dancing in the crowd. Yeah. Uh, he Hate Me was a very popular player. Um, Tommy yep. Maddox and the LA Extreme. They won actually, it all, uh, right? They won it all. Does yeah. that mean uh, the Wildcats are actually defending champions? I don't know. Uh, yeah. But uh, Tommy Maddox actually uh, springboarded that performance into a, a, a second chance in the NFL. And I remember that, yeah. He, uh, he played for the Broncos for a little while. So. And Steelers, right? Yep. Yeah, I think he was in uh, one of those playoff games against the Browns, Kelly Holcomb uh, Browns, yeah. that game, pre, Tommy Maddox. Uh, Pre-Roethlisberger. Yeah. Or maybe, actually, he was, I think Roethlisberger was on the bench, maybe. Really? Yeah, we'd have to look back at that. But uh, anyways, guys, we're running out of time in this opening segment here. Lots of fun stuff going on, even though NFL season is coming to an end. We have a super fun guest this week, Joey Kanish. Get pumped, get psyched. All right, guys, our interview with Joey Kanish is proudly presented by our sponsor, 902 Brewing Co. Tonight I'm sipping on a very wintry brew here. It's called Piles of Powder. It's a New England-style IPA. We used a silly amount of wheat and oats to make a nice, chewy base that allowed the hops to shine through. Clean, crisp flavors of tropical fruit, stone fruit, tangerine, and bubble gum shred through to your dome. It's got a pretty cool uh, snowboarding uh, motif here on the can. 6.8% alcohol, and it goes down smooth. What are you drinking on, Brock? Chris, I've got the delicious Juicy City. It's a New England IPA, 6.2%. Uh, it's an oat-heavy IPA uh, brewed originally to celebrate the Jersey City construction kickoff. Uh, Amarillo Citra Mosaic for a delicious stone fruit, tropical citrus flavor, minimal bitterness. Keep it true to the New England IPA style. 902 Brewing, store cold, drink fresh. All right, guys, we are super excited about this week's guest, and we're lucky to have him here to break down the NFL Conference Championship games. He's a sports betting extraordinaire. You may know him from his appearances on the You Better You Bet podcast or 
You probably know him better as the Grand Pooba of Gambling Twitter. Here he is, a man who knows his prop bets, Joey Kanish. You guys can follow Joey on Twitter, at Joey Kanish 22 What's up, Joey? Welcome to the Wager Pager. Gentlemen, good to be on the Wager Pager. Happy to be on with you guys. First time chatting. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, ready to dig in and get a little NFL going uh, and talk about uh, a trip out to see you guys in New Jersey here coming up soon. Awesome, awesome. Looking forward to it, Joey. Joey, this is Brock Landers. Uh, I follow you on Twitter. Uh, big fan and been you know following you for a while. Let's start first with names. I've got my gambling name from uh, Boogie Nights, and I see you got yours from Rounders. Uh, you want to kind of get into a little uh, background story about how that happened? Yeah, it was man. I, I, I really, like, I saw the movie for the first time, and it was like that, that point where you watch one of those movies that, that – you can't believe how good. And at the end, I was like stumbling around like, oh, my God, it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. And I watched it right when like poker was big, um, you know, and just coming out in the early like 2000s. And I was getting I was playing a lot. And and the character, Kanish, I was like, this guy, because, you know, I, I was real. I mean, from a younger age, I was cheap as hell. I was always in, the, uh, you know, when I was first started out betting like into the real you know some scummy side never it was like oh i'm gonna be a you know, millionaire or anything it was kind of one of those just wanted to make some extra side cash side money and i was like this guy like you know that character like he's got it he's got the uh you know the whole grind stick and everything he had going on with that so i, I loved the character uh and so I, you know he wasn't a you know, I, I, the, the Twitter name was available. Uh, it kind of fit my uh, persona and how I like to bet and go about things. So uh, just went with it. And now, now I got you know like people in real life call me Kanish. My parents occasionally call me Kanish. Like <laughs> it is now. I've it's like a pseudo uh, you know like personality uh, things that I'm going with. So um, it, it was, but it was just a, a love, man. I've probably seen the movie fifty times, uh, and I'll never get over it. I love the. The guy and kind of what um, they, his real life person too, what he was based off of, uh, reading a little bit about him. So it was, it's just a great background uh, and something that uh, I kind of love to to kind of take on. Great stuff, Joey. Yeah, the Totoro avatar is awesome. Uh, the logo <laughs> you got going, the Joey Kanish logo, uh, it looks like the Knicks logo is is great. Um, before we get into a little. Uh, breaking down the games this week let's uh since you are a first-time guest let's give the listeners a little background um how did you first get involved with this crazy world of sports gambling yeah man i um i've been probably seriously in the business for the the better part of five years um now I, before that i you know i started out you know late teens early 20s um you know just be basically getting into an offshore betting got big um you know was a total it, Jen didn't win anything, that type of thing. It it took me um, a lot of years to kind of learn the experience, to go through some losing, uh, to build up connections with people. Um, you know, the, the one thing I I got started uh, capping college football when I first got this Twitter account, um, and you know, doing some origination and putting out plays, and what what it kind of got you know as I started to gain a couple of followers. Um, started to gain some more, you know, traction, uh, and some people that, that, you know, me, a little thing in the industry, uh, started to notice me. Um, and then it was getting connections and the connections, I mean, it's like any other business, you know, it started with, uh, you know, a group, a small time on uh, Slack that I started talking to, uh, 
that built up to meet some other people. Uh, eventually, you're meeting some other people, and now um, you know have got it to a scale where uh, I still have a, a, a day job per se, um, but could probably um, you know leave that and be okay right about now. Um, so it, it's been kind of a wild last three four years of you know building it out, building up my accounts, building up my house, building up the bankroll, and that. Um, but it, it didn't start anything you know unique or special other than just. Uh, you know, getting being at a gen better offshore and then learning from there and meeting people uh, and getting further ingrained in the business. Excellent, excellent background story to start here, Joey. So you mentioned that you're from Detroit, right? Yes, sir. So you're from Detroit starting out. I mean, did you have local bookies? I mean, did you ever not get paid? Like, how did, how did that whole process start? And then you started getting into the offshore markets and all that type of stuff. So I'll tell you, so my dad was a complete degenerate loser. So he had uh, he had his own book. So I was when I was young, I'd get into some contests and parlay cards and stuff with him. As it worked out, his guy, as I was starting to get into betting, um, ended up getting pinched. And there was this, when I was just getting of that age, there was a huge local crackdown of like locals and PPHs and local bookies by uh, the county that I resided in. So like the whole underworld of, of you know locals and PPHs where I was at it got like almost entirely wiped out. Uh, and just so unless you had something that was real, like just at a bar or something, any of the the decent guys where I was at um, kind of got cleared out or had to go under the radar or had to go real low key. So when I first got into it, um, you know, I'm having to go offshore, which is all post up, and I don't have any fucking money. So that's kind of what originally got me into, like, you know, playing smaller market stuff or, you know, the logistics of building a bankroll or attacking stuff that I can have a little bit more edge or, like, you know, when I'm posting $25, $50 props because, you know, I didn't have a bankroll to go off of and I didn't have credit accounts. Because there were no credit accounts where I was at. All my connects were had run dry. Um, and, and so I basically had to be playing at post-up outs. And so that taught me, um, you know, a, a number of things of kind of, it, it basically shaped my, my, you know, my gambling career of having to be uh, tax certain markets uh, and go after some more stuff with Edge. And really, that starting, I mean, there was a time where I was betting, 50, 100 a game. Uh, and those were big bets for me because um, I didn't have, you know, I, when you only have a couple K bankroll um, and I was using like a, like a, almost like a personal 401k method of taking a little bit out of my check each week to add to the bankroll when I first started because um, I was all at post-up shops and it was you know, before Bitcoin or any of that. So you're having to add, you know, with a debit or credit card to some of these sites and stuff. And so I, I didn't get really into the, the local PPH market until I had uh, built up like a, a name and a brand and a reputation for myself as a guy that's trustworthy, as a guy you can deal with, as a guy that, you know, has good connections. Um, and then I started getting accounts, you know, now I got accounts for people all over the country that I'm managing that I'm getting into. But when it first started, I had nothing. I, there was nothing local for me. It was all offshore. Um, and so that's a lot different than, you know, a normal progression of guys that are having locals. I had to, to kind of shape it a different way um, and, you know, manage from a very, very small bankroll and build that up over a couple of years uh, before I had the outs uh, to be able to really branch out and scale up. 
Very interesting stuff. Joey, on your entry into the market there, you guys can follow Joey at JoeyKanish22. Tell us, Joey, what type of handicapper are you? A little bit of what your process is. Are you more of a numbers guy that watches the market? Are you watching these games? Do you deal with like computer models and stuff like that? So I, I got into, uh, you know, I, these days, uh, you know, my origination is specific to just college football and college football player props. And so when I first started, you know, I was doing my own set of power ratings. Um, I, I didn't have like, a, you know, a great computer science or coding background or any of that, that a lot of the, you know, the new kids have that are that they're able to really do it. But I, I did make my own numbers um, as kind of like, uh, and I always compared them to market uh, and seeing, you know, where I was at. How off I was, I tracked the um, progress of, of my numbers to market. Um, and when I got into it, I realized, you know, I could beat openers. I could get into the, the market, you know, the, the nickel limits and stuff that you get at open. Uh, I could beat that and have success with what I was doing. Um, the question was, can you beat, you know, how, how good are you, you know, what day of the week, you know, as you start getting more liquidity, how long can you get into it? So, my process started, um, you know, with power ratings and game analysis, and I, I was really, you know, I, I love football, so I didn't mind watching, you know, uh, every game on Saturday as much as I could, then downloading all the box scores and stuff on Sunday, getting into it and digging. Um, now, my, my, my career has taken me into more of the business side of things, where, you know, I'm doing account acquisition, uh, managing accounts for guys, uh, and, you know, working the connection now there's, uh, you know, a number of originators that are feeding me stuff. So it's kind of gone from the progression of where, my, you know, my, my origination of making my own numbers and stuff. I, I still do some of it for college football, but that's, that's about it these days just because uh, my time is, is spent in other places. But, you know, when I was first starting out, I, and I, that's what I tell people, if you want to – you really got to get in. You either got to have – uh, a lot of money and a lot of connections to branch into the business, or you got to be a good originator. Uh, how I got all my, you know, built up a following was because people noticed I could beat college football numbers uh, early in the week. And that, that started everything. If I never started the Twitter account, I never started making my own numbers that, that, that were decent and people didn't notice, nobody would know who I am. So that's where it started. Um, you know, I, I've gotten a, uh, a little bit away from me into different things. But, but when I first started, that was, you know, making numbers uh, and analyzing box scores and looking at some of the advanced stats and stuff and watching games and having a feel for what decisions coaches make and coaching psychology and gameplay and game scripts. Those are things that, you know, come with a lot of experience, a lot of years um, of doing it and back testing yourself and getting into it. And so I was never going to be the greatest numbers guy or, you know, a coder that a lot of these, and just have the, the you know the 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 absolute you know top notch mathematical skills that the guys at the top of the game have, but I did have a rudimentary understanding of you know probability and value and and those things that you need at least uh, you know a certain level to be in the business. So that that that's kind of my process or how I got started. Um, you know, I, like I said, I'm more doing the business side of things these days. Um, but, but if you're, like you said, you're starting out or you're looking to make a name for yourself, everybody's always looking for good originators. So whether it be modeling or capping or analog, whatever you do, there's always room for originators in the business if you can, if you, can you know, have success and beat numbers and beat the market a little bit. Excellent, excellent, uh, you know, 
reaction there to that question. Um, Joey, uh, moving now to, to, you know, like you said, with all the accounts that you have, how do you keep track of all the accounts? I mean, we've had Spanky on the show. We've had Joey Tunes, and we know that, you know, they use the bots and this and that so that they can hit multiple books at once. Do you just pick on a couple of certain books that you know that you, you know, could take advantage of? Do you try to avoid those sharper books? Like, like what's that process like? No, you know, and I know, you know, both of those guys uh, and how they operate, they're, they're, their volume is going to be at a different scale um, than than mine. Um, a lot of it, and I will tell you, the the weekly accounting it it, it takes a it takes a good chunk of time. Um, it, it really depends, you know, on how uh, you're looking to attack it. Those guys are, you know, they've got such a massive volume and a massive level that they're. Um, you know, basically, I would say they have a almost like a small company, a corporation, or so that they're right. working towards, um, and have people do those. I'm still doing a lot of that stuff, um, you know, myself. I, I'm not at that scale in terms of a Spanky or a Tunes or, or those guys that are, you know, into you know one, two, three thousand accounts. Um, you know, been able to scale it up a decent amount, but it's at manageable now um, for myself to, to at least do the counting. Obviously, we do have some some automated play capability. Um, but, but I still, we still do a ton of, you know, if we want to attack certain markets, you still got to do a lot of manual entry uh, each day and get, get plays in across the accounts. Um, and so there's a couple of us that all work together. So it's, yeah, it, it, don't get me wrong. It, it's a decent chunk of work, um, but it, it's, it, it's just part of the scale up process. You know, if you want to, if you want to run, you know, what you would call like a, a group with a decent chunk of account, that that's that's going to be all part of it. And until you can get to a level where you can start outsourcing some of that, where, you know, Spanky's not doing his own accounting, you've got a team of people working that. Until you can get to that, um, you, you've got to you've got to put in the work yourself and, and just get there. And, yeah, some of the reasons it's a grind or it'll take me, you know, hours and hours to do accounting and stuff and get money taken care of and all that. Yeah, it's. It can be ahead. Don't get me wrong. It takes a chunk of time, um, but but the, you know the other thing is, well, if you want somebody to do it for you, well, then you got to pay somebody to do it for you. So right, right. it's anything that, similar to if you're opening up, uh, you know, your own small business in that. You know, when you're first, when you're starting out, you're trying to scale it. Uh, if you want to make more money, you got to do more of your own work. Um, you can't start, you know, the outsourcing that stuff until you're making good coin. So. Um, yeah, we, we got a decent group, but I'm not I'm not where those guys are at yet. I you know I'm trying to get there. Uh, we're going through the ringer of of getting to that you know that pantheon of uh, you know accounts guy and handicapper and stuff and just market influence. But uh, for me, I'm going through the scale up process where where those guys are more you know sitting around the top. Excellent, excellent. Totally understand. Just a follow-up question to that. We get asked a lot, too, on this show. I mean, we, we try to cater to, like, the, the rookie better out there in New Jersey that's trying to, you know, start out and how to make better bets and stuff like that. What's your advice as far as sharp books are concerned? Would you avoid those sharp books? Would you try to prey on the, the more square books to try to make, you know, a profit? How do you beat a, a sharp book over time? Do you pay attention to the sharp books? Uh, what's kind of your feelings on that? No, I think you always you you got to pay attention to you know the prices at, at the sharper shops. Absolutely, especially if you're you're making your own numbers and you're contrasting your own stuff against that. Whether it be Pinnacle, whether it be Chris, uh, you know you want to 
at least get a, a feeling of, uh, you know, where the, especially if you're doing your numbers, where the market at, where it's trending, where it's closing, that type of thing. Uh, but the, the, the piece of advice that, you know, I, I get DMs all the time of, hey, can you give me some bet? The simplest form of, of advice um, that I wish somebody would have told me when I first started out, and especially with the outs that, that you guys have in Jersey. Um, now, you should have it doesn't matter if you you know your bank holds a couple thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars you should have accounts every at every feasible shop you can and especially not when when it's to legalize in new jersey it's easy to move money if you got a paypal account and you're in new jersey you can move money between these books uh, and it's not a big state so if you got to drive to places and stuff to move money you can do that too so it, it, you've got to have i would the easiest form of advice that you can give to make yourself a better better uh, on the you know the, the front end of it is to have as many accounts as possible and be shopping everywhere you should not be t- if you want to bet it and this is the simplest thing if you want to bet a team at minus 10 and somebody has minus 10 you know minus 113 somebody has minus 10 and you know minus 115 and, and then another shop's got minus 10 but it's only minus 104. You need to go out and get that minus 104 because over the long term, that's that's the difference between winning and losing. It, it, that's going to be the, the, the small percentage, the, that little piece of edge that you can get off paying minus 104 instead of minus 115. That's the difference between if you're going to win or if you're going to lose long term, uh, or especially if you're going to in the prop game. Some one site's going to have a hundred and three and a half yards for a guy. Another site's going to have ninety nine and a half. If you want to play under, you need to be playing the one hundred three and a half, not the ninety nine and a half. Just because you know you're a one book guy or my money's here, that should never be an excuse. If you want to win, you've got to be agile. You've got to be flexible. You've got to be able to get every single place you need to go, the best number or the best price possible. That that I have taken that to the nth degree, whether it's Vegas. Jersey offshore PPH, I can get it, and that that is the difference between you know being able to to have a profitable scale at operation, or you know if you're gonna like oh well I've only got you know this one credit out, or I only bet at FanDuel, or I only bet at DraftKings, uh, you know, and the, if, if FanDuel's got one price and DraftKings got the other price, you need to be playing the better price, uh, and it doesn't matter if it's Hard Rock, if it's uh, Bet365, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where it is in Jersey. If you've got to, you know, you want to play a certain side that you feel is the right side or the sharp side, um, you need to get the best price. And so you've got to be flexible. You got to be agile. You got to have a way um, to attack all those. And it's not that hard, especially in regulated, you know, gambling in New Jersey with, with the, you know, the quick instant pays that they offer, and a lot of them offer in PayPal. There's no excuse. Even if you're not going to have money at a certain out, you know, for a, a period of time, you should have the account there so you can transfer the money in quickly. Um, it, it's just these days with crypto offshore and PayPal and instant pays and stuff domestically and regulated, there's really no excuse. So, so you need to be as flexible and as many outs as possible. Tremendous stuff, Joey. Brock Landers has been talking about line shopping all season long here on the podcast, so it's uh, reassuring to hear someone like yourself reiterate that. Let me ask you about something that you've been talking about recently on Gambling Twitter. You've mentioned how live betting is one of the last frontiers in plus EV betting. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's basically, you know, if you're a... 
uh, a guy and you got a nine to five and you can't be watching the screen all day or have people alerting you when they're going to move or knowing when sharp groups are going to move and stuff, it's going to be hard for you to get the best of the number or be on top of the moves um, and that type of thing, or, you know, know when you're going to be able to get the best price watching the highs and lows of the market. But if you're alive better, that, that, that is all equaled out. I mean, there is no, uh, you know, sharp guys manipulating the market or, or, or taking a side beforehand or being able to miss a move. And that if you're sitting there watching a game um, and especially like we had just talked about, if you've got a number of outs and you can have a couple of windows open, seeing the prices across, you know, different books, it, a lot of the live software, it, it has improved, but it's not, it, it's algorithms are not in terms of, you know, being able to, to beat the average player, not great. Uh, I mean, live is beatable, um, especially if you understand, uh, you know, like, you know, runs in basketball or three-point shooting regression and things, uh, you know, if uh, you saw some sharp action and a line close, let's say that, you know, before the, the game, it went from eight to five. And then the other team starts the game and goes on a run, and that line is up to nine or 11 live. Well, there was some guys who have some influence and money that took that line from eight to five pregame. So if you can get a nine or 11 live five or 10 minutes into the game, that's probably a plus EV bet. It's not going to work out every time. You're not going to win every day, but that's a way for an average better who wasn't able to get down pregame on the sharp side of things to then get in live um, and have some decent action. Now I talked about, you know, when I started that thread, it's because, um, I can see in the near future that the live algorithms are going to be better. Uh, some of the shops have juiced up the live prices where, you know, you're, you're not paying 110 on a side, you're paying 115, you're paying minus 117. So there's been some risk mitigation strategies, but there's still shops out there uh, where the live market is soft. They don't charge too much juice. Uh, I mean, they're not going to let you beat them up for, you know, a couple dimes a game, you know, over the long haul, but if you're, you know, a hundred dollar better, a couple hundred dollar better, nickel better, um, there's still advantage to be have live. The other, it, now, is it laborious? Yes, it, it takes a lot of time, and that's why you know it, a lot of sharp guys don't do live just because of the labor hours you got to put in, uh, and the limits usually aren't that crazy. But if you're, uh, you know, a guy who's sitting, at, you know, works nine to five all day, then you can watch a game, or you can have a couple games up on your screen. Uh, a couple of live, you know, windows popped open, um, and just watch the flow. You know, I'll if I got some extra time, and I'm, you know, there's eight NBA games on. I'll look for a game where, uh, you know, the team was chalk, and all of a sudden, first quarter they're down 12 or 15. Maybe I'll hit a live money line. I'll hit a plus 10, a plus 12, you know, something, um, and just go from look for a couple of spots to jump in for, you know couple hundred bucks or a couple nickels um, and just spread it around. So that's something where, where live is, especially if you got a lot of outs um, and you're, you know, it, it's a way for you to, to kind of not have to deal with, with the pregame market that that's basically controlled by all sharps. You can be an average better than at home. Um, and as long as you, you know, understand some simple concepts of what's value and what the line closed at pregame and stuff uh, makes them plus EV bets. Awesome explanation there about live betting. That was that was tremendous, uh, Chris. Great question as well, and awesome answer, Joey. I, that's really a great point, to, especially for the the younger betters out here that are you know just starting out. 
Um, let's go back now to a topic that we talk to a lot of gamblers about here, uh, the process of limiting, getting kicked out, all that type of stuff. I'm sure you've probably experienced your fair share with these paper head sites and the local outs and stuff like that. Any good stories regarding that? I mean, it's you, you ever start out with a really soft uh, line service on one of these things, and then you know before you know it, they're, they're sharpening up, or, or, or how's that work? Uh, you know what? I don't have the same, you know, and I know guys like uh, Captain Jack and Rufus and Spanky, and they have, um, you know, a lot of just passion and veracity in that around this. Uh, and I can understand because those guys are all, you know, uh, they've made a living off this for, for a long, long. I, I guess I, uh, you know, I understand the concept of if, if do I wish every single shop was gonna you know take a position where they're they're gonna take action and and they're gonna you know they they're not gonna limit you or they're gonna you know take exposure and that but at some core level i understand it's a business uh and if you're you know a pph shop you're a college bookie and that you, you can't have somebody hammering you for 5k a week um each week or if you're you know a corporation in that these people cost you money so you know part of it is if they're costing you money they're they're gonna eventually take action to to get rid of you so i i understand that aspect of it um the part for me is more about um how can i phrase this is being agile enough to work around these things where you know that has been my it is guerrilla warfare if i get <laughs> you know if i would have uh, at five dimes if I would, when I lost my first five dimes account years ago, if I would have said, "Oh, well, I can't bet at five dimes anymore. I'll have to go elsewhere," um, then, then I would have missed out on a, a you know decent chunk of profit over the years. You've got to be able to to have the work. If you're a guy that's running into that, um, you've got to have the workarounds. And so, you know, I, I don't want to go too far into <laughs> what a lot of those are. Um, but, but there is ways, whether it be offshore, whether it be credit account, um, there is ways around these things. And so you've got to figure them out. I I, I don't take, you know, I, I wasn't going to say, oh, you know, they kicked me out of five times. I'm never going to go back. Uh, no, I got back. And then they kicked me out again and I got back. And then they kicked me out. And they'll keep kicking me out and I'll keep coming back um, because it, it, it's a cat and mouse. It's like, you know, um, uh, what can I compare it to? Like, yeah, you know, people tried to beat taxation or one of those trying to avoid the IRS. I mean, offshores and domestics and credit accounts, they're going to do their best to, you know, keep the risk management what it is. And I'm going to do my best to get around it. You know, if uh, I walk in and they don't want to take Joey Kanish's action anymore, well, then I'm going to have uh, Johnny Kanish's action come in. Uh, and then I'm going to have, you know, Sister Kanish's action come in. And so there's ways around all of these things. You just have to be aggressive enough um, and figure, you know, it ain't something you can read in a book somewhere of how to figure all this stuff. I learned, I mean, this is street knowledge that I, you know, from guys telling me and testing it out myself and getting burned a few times, These, you know, the things that you need uh, once you start making money and getting booted out of places to get around these things are, are just it's years of learning and experience and testing things and being able to, to work around the new things that they have in place and that it's a never ending game of cat and mouse. And I'm all, and I love it and I'll keep playing it. Um, and they'll keep kicking me out and keep limiting me and I'll keep coming back. 
as somebody else. So to me, that's just part of the game. I understand that that business, that's what they do. They don't want to lose. Nobody wants to lose money. So if you're going to take extract money from them, you've got to figure out ways to do it in a number of different ways. Um, Because eventually, no matter who you are, they're they're not going to tolerate it. So uh, to me, it's just part of the game and part of what you got to deal with uh, when you're trying to make money doing this. Uncle Kanish, well-bearded, better beard than the sports cheetah, sounds like here. <laughs> you tell, tell him I said that. I got a nice beard. <laughs> and it, might, it might be not as long, but I, you know, it's much well-proved because uh, me and Cheetah love going at a little bit. So uh, feel free to yeah, tell him that I say Uncle Kanish, you got a better beard than he's got going. Definitely, dude. Uh, you mentioned uh, five dimes just before. Let me ask you a couple gambling Twitter questions here before we dive into NFL Conference Championship Weekend. What's your uh, thoughts on all these fake five dime slips flying around and people trying to uh, Photoshop them on Twitter? Oh yeah, I mean this is the, this is the new thing that 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 all these you know these scumbags they want to do and they want to show that I mean it's basically and I, and I said about it you know people going over to Instagram and touting uh, it's it's just the new it's the new thing that a lot of guys that can't make money sports betting that don't know that that are you know. Losers who want to fund their gambling habit or want to fund, you know, a little extra money by scamming people. They figured out that you can, you know, with depending on what kind of editing software you have or Photoshop or going into a program uh, and make the, you know, the ticket look like whatever you need it to look like. Um, and some of these guys, and and I, there's legitimate, you know, like with their sharp betting syndicates. There's legitimate like tout syndicates that are working together, and they have a bunch of different, you know. Twitter accounts to help aggregate their stuff, and if you're a new if you're a new person that's just gotten on the Twitter, that's just getting the gambling, they're hoping that you're not going to be able to identify any of these things. And you know what? There was a time in my life when I wouldn't have been able to identify those things. I would have said, "Oh my God, this guy's betting 10k or 25k or 50k. Like, oh, he must be legit." Well, that's. It, it, it's just, it, it's the same thing as a lot of, you know, multi-level marketing schemes and different schemes across the case. Just touting and sales has been, um, you know, a huge portion of sports gambling since the beginning. So this is just another new way um, for people like Vegas Dave. Um, but it, that's the thing is people... People know Vegas Dave, but there's a thousand Vegas Daves out there that want to use, you know, they'll say, oh, he's a scammer, but they're scamming themselves. So I would just say the biggest thing is if you're a new time guy or you know, that, you don't want to be paying people for picks and that, especially, you know, me and Rob, Rob is all that guy. I know I like a friend of mine. One of the, the, the things that he said that I will, will never agree more with, one of his best you know, quotes he had was, you will get so much more personal satisfaction from doing the handicapping and doing the work and putting it in yourself and winning some money than you ever will paying somebody, um, you know, you know, to, to give you picks. It's just, it's been explained a thousand times of, of how hard it is to win versus widely available markets and that. But this is just one of the new tricks that, that people are using to scam people out of their money. Uh, and so it, it's annoying. It's scummy to see. I'll call, you know, I don't spend as much time as I used to doing it just because I'm busy. But every once in a while, I see something egregious. I'll call the guy out um, and, you know, drag him on Twitter a little bit. But to me, it, you just got to do your homework. You got to be careful. You got to, 
And and just don't I, I listen. Is there a small, very, very, very small percentage of people that sell that actually win and can distribute and you win? Yes. But that's one out of a hundred, one out of a thousand. So a lot of these, you know, bullshit tactics that, that people are using now with days, it just it annoys me. I don't like seeing people getting taken advantage of or scammed and that, but at some point, um, it obviously works because people like Vegas Dave and other people they they make some money off of this. So there's just there's a lot of fish in the sea, man. Uh, and it's it's hard to there's always another sucker willing to to, to come out and give you money. So hopefully, if, if people are listening to to this podcast or they're educated a little bit, um, you know they can see some of these these scams that that come up. Uh, and hopefully, you know if you've gotten burned in the past or one of those, but you, you just learn from it. And um, you know people. It, it's just uh, it's a hard thing because there's there's a hundred you know a thousand touts out there that want to tell you that the best there is, um, and I will tell you the amount of people that I know make money, uh, good money sports betting is a very 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 small number, um, and almost none of them sell play. So it's just a thing you got to watch out for, um, and, and just you know something it is what it is these days. Excellent answer. Love all that stuff. Me and Chris are big fans of you because you're not afraid to call people out. And uh, it, it always comes up on our timeline and we always laugh. We're always like, oh, that's great. that He's, <laughs> he, he's not afraid to call somebody out. That's great stuff. Um, just to go back to uh, something you brought up at the outset of this, and I, I kind of want to go off of this as well. Uh, you mentioned, you know, there was a time where you were betting, losing, wanted to learn, wanted to get better. Um, what are some, some ways that people can get better? Is there any books, any interviews? I mean, for me, it was a lot of listening to a lot of professionals on shows like this and learning and looking at line movement history and studying things. I mean, wh- how do you go through that process of just saying, I'm done losing and I'm going to get better at this? Yeah, no, that, 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 that is a great point. Um, it, it, it's really, it's not a, it, it's, it's just a process, you know, and I'm saying it's one that people will always want, especially these days want like, uh, you know, I want to, I want it now. I want to be able to do it. Like I want to be, it, it's weird because sports betting is such a niche, unique thing um, of ways you can go about making money off of it and kind of, kind of, kind of find your, your niche. So, you know, it's not one of those things you can answer in, you know, a sentence or, uh, just read a book on it and think, you know, it, it's a process. And so uh, I, I think, well, you know, what you said is absolutely factual and correct. You need to be like, you need to find the right sources and then be a sponge uh, and learning those things. You know, back back in the day, uh, a guy, Grubin Mahoopin, who, who's, you know, kind of known on Twitter, if you've been around for a while, had a couple of podcasts that were phenomenal for first-time recreational betters, uh, if you're listening to that, that, that you know, we're out there that I listen to a number of times. Guys like Rufus Peabody's podcast, you know, Rob Pozzola goes on those things. Just a number of shows where you're hearing from smarter, educated people. And, and you know, guys you've had on, listening to you guys. Um, just listen to people that you know are legit, soak it in, hear what they say, um, and then start applying some of that. See if you can, you know, put yourself into a group or a network or, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to learn from me or see what we do, um, not to sound like a, you know, a prick or a dude or something, what can you offer me? Do you have credit accounts you can offer me? Can you beat a certain market? Do you have information you can offer me? I'm always looking for people to make money. So if you can 
you know, if there's a way for you and you're starting out in the game um, to want to learn it a little bit and get further into it, it's what can I do for Joey Kanish to, so that I can get in with what he's got going and start learning from that. I got a couple of young guys, like real young guys, college guys that have accounts through me. Uh, and part of why they wanted to do it was to kind of start learning the business. So they see some of the plays that are going into the accounts. They see the way the operation works. Um, and it doesn't have to be me. I, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that are companies that are looking for, for, for people. There's always going to be people that are looking um, for people that can make them money. You know, that's how I, I first got started and got a following, got picked up because people realized that I would go to that I would bust my ass on the weak stuff on the props and I could, you know, knew my stuff about college football and people start seeing that. And so if you're out there and you're looking to start a following or, or get in with uh, and start learning some things, it, it's what can you don't come here and say, what can I do for you? It's what can you do for me? You know, Spanky or Rufus Peabody or, or Joey Kinnish, those guys, I'm not going to be able to explain to you in a sentence or, or give you a blurb about here's my blueprint on how I make money. You need to have something tangible, have something that you can offer to get in with the people that you know are legit to then go from there and start learning the business. So that that's what, you know, I would say if you're, you're trying to get in with and learn a little bit, take as much podcast material uh, and stuff you see on Twitter and good threads out there and, inform people that'll tweet some stuff um and read you know start looking at you know if you're a numbers guy the analytics or testing some stuff out but if you want to if you want to really get into it you've got to have your niche or something that you can offer even if it's just you know uh betting accounts and that but if you want to learn the business you've got to give you know i'll speak for myself here if you want me to spend time talking to you, you know, with you, um, you know, helping you out with some things, giving you my opinion, you got to be offering me something and offering me something means you got to have a way to, for, to be making money. Uh, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I, I try and be a nice guy. I try and help people, but I ain't mother Teresa. I ain't doing, you know, shit, <laughs> shit, you know, unpaid interns. I'm too old for that shit to, to be doing, you know, uh, unpaid work for, for trying to help. So if you have something to offer me, um, I'm more than happy to, to get you in with the group, uh, you know, you know, start making some money together, uh, and then have it be, you know, a learning relationship where I will spend some time, you know, texting or talking to you on a regular basis. But if you're just going to shoot me a DM and say, Hey, I, I want to make money sports betting, give me some advice. I'm not, not to be a prick, but that, that, that doesn't do much for me because there's not much I can do for you that can, you know, in five minutes. So, um, those are just some suggestions on my end. And like you said, I agreed with what you said about soaking up the, the podcast info and the good information that's out there from, from sharp people. There you have it, folks. If you want to be an apprentice for Joey Kanish, you better goddamn bring something to the table for Uncle <laughs> Kanish. <laughs> Give me something and save me a little something. You don't, you don't go to the Godfather's desk and, you know, ask for something free or something. You know, it's just a... Those are, and it's the same, it's, I mean, that's the same thing in corporate America. If, if you're, you know, starting a co-op or an internship and you want a real job, okay, well, what did you do to differentiate yourself? What did you do to show value to make the company want to hire you? It's no different. It's the same shit here. It's just a little bit, you know, of a different industry. Um, and, you know, it's not like you're putting your resume in a career builder and trying to find a job that way, but you're going to, the guys that work in, you know, small businesses, small companies, and what can you do 
to help them make money or what can you show them or what information do you have uh, that's going to be a value? Those are things that if you want to get in with the right people uh, that you need to bring to the table. Um, or the other right, if you want to be, you know, an origination guy, um, then you've got to, you've got to, ha- I'll just tell you though, origination is these days, it, it, it's hard. You've got to be, you know, the, a lot of the, the, the modeling and the analytics and the stuff that the, the top level guys have, uh, there's some very, very, very smart people that are involved in the game right now. So especially, you know, I'm not going to say you can't, you can't win doing it that way, but you've got to be very good. Or you've got to be, you know, have a lot of price shopping um, and really know your stuff. So uh, it, it just depends, man. If you're trying to, there's, there's a lot of, there's more than one way to, to kind of skid it, but you've got to find a way to get your foot in the door somehow. Joey Kniss dropping nuggets here on the Wager Pager podcast. We were talking off air a little bit that you're making your way out here to New Jersey, that we have coined the new mecca of sports gambling. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what's going on next week with CapperCon? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, I agree with you. that And, and when it comes to the new New Jersey is, you know, Las Vegas gets this reputation. There hasn't been innovation in sports betting in the better part of 30 or 50 years. And so then it was legalized. And this is just kind of my own personal tangent. Uh, New Jersey has, has been the first state to see true sports betting innovation in so long. And the technology and the apps are so much better than Vegas. New Jersey is the Mecca. And it's really, and people want to, it's where, and a lot of sharp guys have left Vegas and relocated to New Jersey. So me, I love it. It's going to be my first time boots on the ground. Uh, we got a conference, Capricorn, uh, if it's 126 on that Sunday. Uh, it's the week between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. going to be myself, uh, Adam Chernoff, um, and a couple of, you know, there'll be some other sharp guys there uh, in attendance. It'll be a great networking event. Uh, we're going to do a little panel talk Super Bowl, Super Bowl props, um, a little bit of the current industry, you know, how everybody, you know, goes about it, how it makes money and stuff. Um, but I will say, you know, from a personal perspective, a uh, uh, number of guys I work with will be there. So if you're looking uh, to get into the business, uh, you know, betting partnerships or some of that, that's available. If you're looking to network with people that work at Sportsbooks and, you know, want to be behind the counter, going to be some of those people there. Um, and those are the type of things, these networking events that, that if you're, you know, new to the business or you want to learn some stuff or you want to get into it that are great to attend. So I hope we'll have some good content, some interesting content that people uh, – can take advantage of. There's also some great prizes, like an entry into the super contest they're giving away, uh, and some other cool stuff. But I think it'll be fun, man. I think it's noon to four. It uh, should be like four hours. It's free entry now. Um, they had a nice sponsor pick it up and be able to get in where uh, the tickets, you know, are no longer you have to pay. It's free entry. Um, so it'll be a cool, cool thing. I'm excited to get in New Jersey. I'm gonna be uh, after the conference running around and getting some Super Bowl profits in myself at a few of the places. Um, and so I'm excited, excited to be there, uh, meet some people, um, and have a good time. Right on, dude. Uh, maybe we can link up. We're looking forward to it. Brock and I will uh, surely be there on the 26th. Let's dive into NFL Conference Championship Weekend. Start with the early game here, Sunday, 3.05 p.m. kickoff here in the East Coast. Most of the jersey books showing a minus 7.5 for the Kansas City Chiefs, over under 52.5. Any feelings on the Titans? Any leans for the game, or any props you might be looking at? Ah, uh, this is one where I, I, and I tell you, I don't usually, 
go-to heavy on NFL sides that I'm not looking for a middle. Uh, but, but I had a larger play in the Chiefs when this game out at seven. Uh, I, you know, I laid it at average price was like minus 112. So I scooped some minus seven, one, minus 110. I scooped some more minus 115. Uh, I, there is still, you know, it's mostly seven and a half, but there's a few shops out there trading the juice seven, seven minus 120. I would lay it. I, I don't. I, I, I'm bullish on the Chiefs. I don't believe in the Titans. I don't believe in Ryan Daniel. I don't believe if he gets outside the window and has to pass in the second half of this game that he can do it. Um, and I know that, that, that Derrick Henry has been phenomenal and that, but it's a third straight road playoff game where, where, they're, where they do not have a passing offense. And now they're going against the best passing offense um, and a guy that, that I love, you know, with Andy Reid and the, the game plan and them having the, the week last week um, and, and only coming off, you know, their second game where Tennessee's on the third straight dog fight that they're going to have to go on the road and beat another team. Um, I'm bullish on the Chiefs here. I, I would, uh, and I'll tell you, if this would have came out, I would still lay a Chiefs minus seven and a half if that's what Jeff do, but I'd much prefer a seven minus 120, uh, but I laid seven. Um, well, I don't have uh, too much else prop-wise yet. There's not a ton trading um, or much on the over-under, but but I laid the Chiefs here. Um, and, you know, I would also, you know, maybe you don't have access to a, to a nice price on the seven, but uh, I think Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. And I think they'll be chalked in the Super Bowl, and I feel good about them winning this game. So if you've got a plus 140, plus 150 uh, on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, I like that a lot. I would lay it. Um, I think they're in a comfortable position to win here, and then they'll be a favorite in the Super Bowl. So if you can get you know anything over plus 135, plus 140 uh, on a cheap Super Bowl price, uh, I would take that as well. Excellent knowledge there. Uh, I, I didn't like hearing it. I guess I'll uh, throw my 50-to-1 Titans ticket out the window on my ride home. But uh... <laughs> Hey, no, on that day, listen, if you took a Titans future, I mean, you, you couldn't ask. For, I mean, you've got enough. Edge room um, there, you know, depending on what what you got down. I know a couple guys who got in at eighty to one, hundred to one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, in the NFL, that those type of those type of prices to get to a conference championship game is pretty unique. So I, I don't mind, you know, cashing out. If you, you know, maybe you say, hey, it was a great bet. It just is what it is. They played great balls down the stretch um, and, and have two games that I did not personally think they would win either. Well, I've lost money fading the Titans two weeks in a row. I was on the Pats minus four. I was on the Ravens minus nine. I lost them both. Uh, but I'm not, if you listen, it, it's one of the ultimate things in betting of, you know, it, you can't just say to yourself, oh, well, I've got burned on the Titans two weeks or I'm not going to. No, I'm going to go right back to the well. <laughs> I, I think the number is short and I'm going to take the Chiefs minus seven. So I'm not begrudging anybody that took a Titans future because now you're in a, a nice position to get paid off uh, and made a and made a good bet. So, hey, nothing wrong with that. But for this week, I like the Chiefs, and I'm going to lay it. All right. Sounds great. Sounds great. And then we'll look to our other game here, the last game, obviously, the NFC Championship, Green Bay going into San Fran. Uh, same thing we're seeing around seven, seven and a half at some places. Uh, any uh, feelings on this one? Yeah, this one I'm not as bullish on at all. Uh, I don't have a single dollar on the side as of yet. Uh, I probably won't pregame. If I had a lean, it, it would be under. Um, I played a little 46 at open. That wasn't widely available. If you've got 45 at a decent price, I'm okay with that on a, on a smaller play. I would much rather, uh, you know, we talked about live betting there. If there's an early score in this game and you can get a high 40s under, I like that a lot. Uh, so that'd be, that's a strategy that I'm going to go with. I'm obviously, 
these are games that I'm going to watch. Um, so for me, and that's that's another like when you're talking about strat. If you know that you're going to be sitting down watching these games, um, and you're not super bullish on a side or a total in any of them, then don't bet a free game. Just live bet. You know, to me, if you're you know a, a couple hundred dollar better or a nickel better, um, and you're not you know, like I'm on the Chiefs, I knew that number wasn't going to be available, and I wanted to get down a few dimes on it, so I went ahead and fired. Um, but right now, if you're going to be sitting there watching this game, uh, and that's what I'm going to do for this one. This first go Packers game, I took a little bit of position pregame on the under, but for the rest of it, um, I, I know I knew schedule wise that I was going to, you know, be sitting there ready to watch the game uh, and watch it in its entirety. So I'll be looking for a nice live spot if I can get. 49ers close to a pick or the, the Packers at over 10. I'll probably grab some of that either way. Uh, and if I can get a high 40s uh, or a low 50s total live, uh, I'm going to take a piece of that. So um, that's one of those. Uh, just strat- I don't have much for you on this game in terms of a pregame bullish position. Um, but I, I will say this is one that I'll be looking to attack uh, live come Sunday once it's, uh, once it's getting going. There you have it, guys. Some picks and leans from the one and only Joey Kanish. We know you're one of the busiest mans in the podcast world. You mentioned uh, off-air you're jumping on another interview probably in like 10, 15 minutes, so we got to get you out of here. Uh, anything to plug before we let you go? Hey, I just say, like I said, at Joey Kanish 22 on Twitter, um, I will be there at Capricorn here. Hopefully, uh, if you're in the area in that, I will see you there. Um, Look forward to meeting some people and networking. Um, and, hey, it was great talking to you guys, man. Really enjoyed it. Uh, glad you guys are seeing you getting the following up. You're getting the name out there. Uh, you doing the grind and stuff. So, hey, man, it was good to talk to you guys for the first time. I really enjoyed it. All right, guys. Once again, that was notorious gambling Twitter DGen and sports betting extraordinaire Joey Kanish. You guys can follow Joey on Twitter at JoeyKanish22. Joey, thanks again for calling in, and good luck this weekend, brother. Absolutely. Take it easy, guys. Good luck. It's up. All right, guys, what an awesome interview with Joey Kanish right there. Uh, nobody more fun than that dude on gambling Twitter and in the interview booth. Brock, I don't know how we got here. What a long, strange trip it's been. NFL season is almost over. We are up to NFL Conference Championship weekend. And boy, are these games hard to pick. Yeah, Chris, uh, hard to believe. We know we've been doing this since the summer, and uh, the final four remaining, San Fran, Green Bay, Tennessee, and Kansas City. It all comes down to this. Championship weekend, AFC, one representative, one representative from the NFC. Uh, which game would you like to try to break down first and get some sort of a pick here? Let's go here with the uh, early game on Sunday, 3.05 p.m. By the way, what's up with these start times? I hate that in the last couple weekends. I, I actually missed putting in a bet last week because of that. It's yeah, weird. I agree. Last week's times were very strange. They're similar this week, 3.05, 6.40. I think, though, usually championship is 3 and 6. Usually by, you know, 9 o'clock we know who's going to the Super Bowl, which is cool. But, yeah, I, I do. I did have a problem last week with the Saturday uh, times. It was very strange, right? Wasn't that first game f- Three thirty or something on Saturday. Or something. Yeah, really weird. All right. Anyways, Tennessee Titans going on the road into Arrowhead to face the Kansas City Chiefs. We're looking at a minus seven and a half, pretty much here in New Jersey. 
Any leans or thoughts on this game? Chris, it's going to be hard to not back Tennessee again here, I feel like. Uh, it just feels like they've been, you know, so criminally underrated by the market here in the entire playoff. Uh, you know, they they upset New England. They shocked the world again with Baltimore. This team's playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, I know it's not the most attractive thing to probably bet Tannehill over Mahomes, but you just Vrabel's been pulling all the right buttons, and Andy Reid, you know his history. He gets to these big games, and sometimes he can go missing, and we saw that last week. Ten, you know, uh, Houston gets out to that huge lead in the first quarter. You know, again, it was Bill O'Brien, so it was kind of a who's going to flop first. But you know, I, I just think that they're the team right now. Nobody wants to play. They're not afraid of anybody, and no one can stop Derrick Henry. That guy's running all over people. And the thing that's crazy, too, Vrabel, that playbook is wide open. I have a feeling he's going to throw some stuff at KC that they've never seen before. And I think, obviously, it's a simple handicap for KC. It's don't get beat by Derrick Henry. So we might see a lot of Tannehill maybe thrown down the field early, take it some shots. And the defense has been certainly living up to it. So I think take the 75 uh, maybe go with a little sprinkle on the money line. I don't Ooh. really see the point in laying it with KC. Uh, you know, maybe if you want to get cute and tease it down, do like a, a six and a half or seven point teaser with KC if you really think that they get past them. But I just think it's a risky proposition right now taking uh taking KC. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm probably gonna wait till uh, this weekend or maybe game day. I hope these numbers don't move too far against me. And especially, too, Chris, with the hook. I mean, seven yeah. and a half, if that comes off of that seven and a half, or even if we get a ton of sharp money off the seven, you're sitting pretty with a, a really good key number. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. I agree. And, uh, I mean, if you're going situationally speaking and, and, you know, a value play, you got to go Tennessee. I think if you're going, like, with strictly numbers and, you know, how these teams perform uh, on paper, you got to go with Kansas City. I would maybe look at the over, too. These last couple of weeks, the teams are seen to be scoring more in the early rounds. There was unders. Maybe maybe we're trending towards overs here, 52. Like If Tennessee can keep up with KC, it could go high scoring. Yeah, and just to uh, kind of wrap this game up, too, uh, I tweeted about it. There is a – I don't like trends, but I always remember this, uh, especially in the playoffs. I think it's any time after the divisional round or a divisional round or later – any team that scores over 40 points the following week, something like 6-26 and 26 against the spread, and favorites are like 1-14 straight up after a team scores over 40. So KC put out a huge second half last week. You know, they ran up the score there in the end on Houston. Um, so that, that lingers in the back of my head. And, uh, yeah, well, I just think we're going to get a, a really good effort, hopefully, out of Tennessee to try to get themselves into the Super Bowl. Hey, man, I'll be rooting for them. Uh, we got those futures tickets Let's go. for the team there. Hope uh, Brock can cash that shit. Moving on here to the late game and uh, the last game to find out who's playing in Super Bowl 54, Sunday, 6.40 p.m. kickoff. We have the Niners versus the Packers. Packers traveling out west to face the 49ers. Also a seven and a half point spread over under 45. What are you thinking? What are you leaning at? Yeah, Chris, this is a weird game for me. I mean, uh, we mentioned off the uh, off the air before we did this that, you know, both of these championship matchups, these teams have respectively play, uh, played each other. So Tennessee st stole a victory from KC 
uh, in Tennessee. A lot of crazy stuff happened in that game. Blocked field goals for touchdowns and stuff like that. Revenge factor. So you've got some revenge factors for these games, and we all know how hard it is in the NFL to beat a team twice. So that's always something to think about. But Green Bay kind of intrigues me. It seems like everybody has already cashed in San Francisco going to the Super Bowl, uh, which kind of scares me. And like I said last week, Green Bay's really been flying under the radar. Everybody thought they'd be the easy out, the team that didn't belong, uh, which team wasn't like the other. And granted, Seattle took them in the second half and easily could have won that game if a couple things, you know, differently. But, you know, Rodgers is Rodgers. Uh, you know, you're getting points with Rodgers. And believe it or not, I didn't see much last week about, I don't know about you, but with Jimmy G, he didn't yeah. really throw the ball that much last week. It was a lot of run, 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 and, you know, Minnesota couldn't capitalize on stopping the run. Um, so he didn't really need to throw the ball, but you got to think maybe he kept it kind of vanilla to go into next week's game plan. But, you know. Could be. I don't know. I, I, I tend to think he was hiding him a little bit there and kind of yeah. lost confidence in, in Jimmy G in the second half there. And the thing is, Rodgers ain't going to be afraid no, going on no. the road. And I think it does help them that they were embarrassed on Sunday night football earlier this year in this spot. So they get a second chance out to San Francisco to right the ship. It just seems like it's just everybody's on the Niners. Yeah, I definitely lean towards Green Bay in this game. Out of the two, I have a, a stronger feeling here. Uh, as a Rodgers, hard to go against a Rodgers here, uh, a pure Rodgers handicap. Um, dude's been lighting it up, as you said. I think he's the forgotten guy. He's the oldest quarterback. He's got the most experience of uh, out of the four left. Uh, has a ring already. Hard to go against the Packers here, plus seven and a half, especially if they, uh, you get that hook. Love it. Love it. Um, I don't know anything else. Any props you're looking at? Uh, first halves? Anything else for this weekend? Not not really. I mean, usually Sunday, an hour or two before the game, I might look and put some uh, first TDs in there. The first TD? This guy's the king of the first TD. He must yeah. have hit like four or five of those this year. Yeah, it was a pretty Maybe good year more. for those. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure at the end of this, the season, I'm probably still minus. <laughs> but just, you know, it, it was a pretty good year for hitting some of those on primetime and uh Last week we we cashed early with uh, Kenny Stills. That was a good one. That was almost forty to one, I think. On a no, no, twenty to one, twenty to one. I know you don't want to give away any uh, secret sauce, but any basic strategies the listeners could uh, utilize there when picking first uh, touchdown scores. The biggest thing for me is I I pick these guys because I find uh, you know mispriced market basically for it. So especially too like I have two local books that I still use. And some of them are just really off. Not not off in a, in a good way either. Like, you know, last week some of the chalkier guys to score first TD, you know, realistically we're probably like, you know, at, at like a fan duel or a points bet, we're probably like plus 450. On these guys' sites, you know, they're plus 300. So it's like, why would you take any of those guys? But you could find a lot of guys that they're just, you know, mispriced. And, and Kenny Stills was one of them last week. I had Stills. Uh, he was the one guy on, on Houston and I picked one guy last week on KC. I think it was Nicole Hardman. Both of those guys were, were 20 to one. I looked on FanDuel, uh, it should have been probably about 12 or 15 to one. So, you know, just pick your spots, look for the right price. Look at those books that, you know, always are adjusting and always, you know, kind of up to date and, you know, just, just find the price that doesn't match that and, you know, sprinkle some money on it. Take a chance. So kind of pick one guy from each team. 
you always could, or maybe? you could do that. I mean, hey, there's sometimes where I find like five or six guys that are just really mismarked, and it's like, hey, if, if one of them hits, I mean, you're gonna get back all the money that you lost on the other ones plus more. Um, I always say, take whatever your your one unit is, or whatever your flat rate amount is that you like to bet on on a side or a total. And just divvy it up, almost like at a roulette table. Just, you know. Right, right, right. Take that 100 bucks, spread it out on a couple different guys. I mean, the worst part about this thing is, though, I mean, you know, you're bound to get some chalk sometimes, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, the running backs are always going to be under 10 to 1, unless it's like a second or third string type guy. Um, but sometimes those quarterbacks are really priced high. Uh, sometimes, too, the defenses. Uh, I don't think we've gotten a first touchdown from a defensive player yet. Um, so that might be something to look into. Um, tight ends have been doing really good, I feel like, in the last couple of weeks oh, here. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Janu Smith, and the week before that was uh, Anthony, or whatever his name is, Fersker. I don't know who had those guys, but they were like 40 <laughs> to 50 to 1, I think, some of those. So definitely good little bets, especially, too, as we get now into into Super Bowl. Those are always my favorite, first first touchdown or anytime score. Tremendous stuff, guys. Uh as usual, from Brock Landers, you can follow him on Twitter, at BrockLanders41, and that's why they call him Closing Line Value Brock Landers. I think that's about all the time we have for this week's show, guys. Yeah, make sure you guys uh, load up those apps. We're getting into uh, college basketball, the, the real nitty-gritty here as we head into March Madness, just a couple months away. Uh, baseball around the corner, Chris. We've we got a lot of controversy right now going on in baseball. It's going to be crazy with these uh, season win totals, how to predict these things. And uh, you got hockey, NBA. Uh, we're in full swing here in New Jersey. It's it's cold outside, but the action is hot on the sports books. So, be sure to load up those apps this weekend. Make sure you shop for that line value. Best way to make money, especially during these cold months, and get out there and cash some tickets. Get pumped. Get psyched. It's the Wager Pager Podcast. All right, that's it for Season 2, Episode 20. Special thanks to our guest, Joey Kanish. Thanks to my co-host, Brock Landers. And, of course, thanks to the guys here at Van Borst Films. And, as always, good luck, happy handicapping, and may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you. Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget to leave us a review. And please tell all your friends about the Wager Pager podcast. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Wager Pager. Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours a day, and all calls and text messages are confidential. The Wager Pager Podcast is co-hosted by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers, executive produced by Van Vorst Films, edited by Van Vorst Films, co-produced by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers, created by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Music by The Morose Project, produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella. All picks are for entertainment purposes only. These plays are not financial advice.